I was thinking this week about what I'm going to be preaching this morning. I believe I have a prophetic word for the church. And um, I was thinking about, it's like the Lord brought me back in time. Back, this had to be back in 2000 and maybe two, something like that, 2002. I had just taken the church in Beloit. Uh, my parents had went to Phoenix to start a church, and my wife and I assumed that church. And uh, for years, those that don't know, we um, went back and forth. So we had this ministry already up and running since 99. And then for the next decade, uh, we had two churches, or one church, two locations. And we, we, would, we lived there, and we kind of went back and forth, back and forth, and it was a lot. But God blessed it for that time, and now the church is doing great things under the leadership of the of the Morehouses, Terry and Rachel Morehouse are doing a great job. He's our, they're our son and daughter in the faith, and they're incredible people. And um, we were blessed to do it for a while. Anyways, my, my story was this, is that the Lord brought me back in time. I remember Prophet Glenn Miller. Remember Prophet Glenn Miller? He, he's, those that don't know him, he's a strong prophet of God. He's a dear friend of mine. He's on our, uh, our part, of our, part of our presbytery of our church. Gives us prophetic words that, that, I mean, that have come to pass. I mean, like crazy stuff that only God could do. And um, I'll never forget it. We, we, I, I just got to know him or reacquainted myself with him and invited him to come to our church to, uh, to have, host some meetings. And so we did a series of meetings in Beloit. So I think it was like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Beloit. And then it was Thursday, Friday, Sunday all day the next week in Milwaukee. And so we, we'd had a series of meetings from Milwaukee to Beloit. And God did some incredible things. And um, I remember it was, it was Sunday morning, and we were in the Beloit Church, and uh, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I want you to have him for another full week. Now, how many knows that's a lot because it's on the spot, and we're in service. I haven't talked to any of our leadership team, haven't talked to any of the, the people who take care of our children yet. They're probably going to kill me. Um, I haven't taken, talked, care of, I had talked to our music team, nobody, greeters, ushers, everybody, parking lot of people, nobody knew. But I heard the Lord, let's do it. So I whispered in his ear. I said, would you come another week? He said, I'll stay for another week. He had a family too, and he had obligations. He said, I'll stay. And so he told the people. People rejoiced, went nuts. It was incredible. The next night was going to be Monday night in Beloit, and we were having, hosting a meeting. And in the meeting, um, I'm sitting there, and it was, like, it was like if somebody had put a wet blanket over the whole thing. It was like it was trying to put the fire out. You know, you could feel like an oppression or a heaviness, and it was palpable. And um, I could even tell he was struggling a little bit in his preaching time, and it was hard for him to get kind of get in the saddle, as they say. And so um, I'm in the front row, and I'm kind of having my own personal battle. And I'm thinking, I did the wrong thing. I asked this man to come for a whole other week, and and it's just not happening. The crowd was actually kind of small that night and thought, oh, no, what's going on here? I, I, big mistake. I'm sitting in the front row, and I hear this voice in my ear say, the problem is you're getting too big for your britches. Now, that's what I hear. I hear it. And I thought, oh, no, I did this out of pride. I'm thinking I'm all this, and I'm trying to have another week of meetings, and where am I going to come up with the money for this man? I'm, all, and I'm, I'm getting, like, down, 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 right? You're getting too big for your britches. And so I made, I'm like, I made a mistake. So I started praying warfare. As God is my witness, this man's six foot six, six, almost six foot six. And I'm over here, sitting way over here. He's way over here. I just hear it. I started praying the spirit a little bit. He's over here making a point, and then all of a sudden he comes, and then big old long legs. 
Jeff Pruitt, the devil just whispered in your ear and said, you're getting too big for your britches. But hear the word of the Lord. I'm about to take you and extend you and make you bigger than the devil thought. Can somebody give the Lord a shout of praise? Come on. You don't have to believe it. I'm telling you the God's truth. That's exactly what happened. Don't let the devil discourage you. Don't let the devil stop you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, it ain't over. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it ain't over. The title of my message is, it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. Father, we love you. We honor you. We give you praise. We give you glory. You are already moving in our midst, Lord God. The only reason why we're deserving of it is because you said that we are. We are your children. You take care of us. And like the song says, you are for us. You are for us. He is for us. And we thank you that you pack us. You love us. You're excited about us. We're your children. You love to hang out with your kids. You love to fellowship with your children. And you're here in this room and you love everything about us. And Lord God, you want to answer every single need that we have. And that's because you're a good, good father. Let your anointing rest now upon these words, I pray in Jesus' name, that every person that hears it, whether they're in this space or they're in uh, the Internet, Lord God, they're going to receive everything that you have for them in Jesus' name. And the church said a big hearty amen. Oh, I said a big hearty amen. Come on. And amen and amen. Church, the reason it ain't over in your life is because you have been given something by the Father called the blessing. And everything the blessing comes in contact with prospers, from your health to your wealth. Every, let me say it again. Every, if God gave you this blessing, and he did, then you got it. You've already got it. And everything in that blessing it encounters prospers, from health to wealth, from A to Z, everything. Prosperity means to do well. It means to go over. It means to arrive in your intended destination. How many believe they do have a destiny in God? that every single one of us are to arrive. So every hurdle, every obstacle, every uh, hindrance, everything that comes our way, uh, you know, whether it be a spiritual warfare hindrance or natural mankind uh, hindrance, God says you're going to prosper because I put the blessing upon you. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. It says this, the blessing of the Lord makes one beg. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I, I thought it said beg. Let me read it again. The blessing of the Lord makes one lack. Oh, excuse me. I must be reading a different translation. I, I got to hear. The blessing of the Lord makes one be poor and in debt. Oh, my gosh. Oh, there it is. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. That sounds better. I'm just trying to read it the way everybody else actually believes it. But the Bible says, when his blessing comes on you, it makes you rich. And there's a little thing here. He adds no sorrow with it. No agony, no grief with it whatsoever. The Bible says his blessing makes you rich, which means he made the, that word means well supplied. Everybody just say, I am well supplied. Sitting here 
right now in Milwaukee. And if you're watching somewhere else, just say where you're at. Praise God. God's blessings on you, which means his prosperity is on you to make you rich, well supplied. That's what your Bible. And if you don't like it, you can rip it right out. You can pretend it doesn't exist, but I like it, praise God, that he will cause me to what? Be prosperous, do well, go over, whatever the, the obstacle may be, and arrive at my intended destination, and then add no sorrow with it. I am supplied. Now, notice that the word blessing has no S on the end of it. It doesn't say blessings. Why? Because God's not referring to the results. He's referring to the empowerment. This anointing called the blessing that brings the results. So the new car is not the blessing. Especially if they got a payment on it. I love Christians who say, look at my new car God blessed me with. And then payments too, hallelujah. Amen. How about the new job? That's not the blessing. The new house, not your blessing. The new wife, I thought I'd say it, praise God. Might turn out to be much of a blessing, praise God. It's not the blessing. Those are blessings. They are the result of the blessing. We're not to run, the Bible says, after the blessings. You're never supposed to run after the gift. You go after the giver of the gift. Somebody say amen. Why? Because he's the source. Everybody say he's my source. Because the gifts run out. The gifts wear out. The gifts don't always happen when we want them to happen. But the giver is always there. The giver is always present. And so we go after God. Everybody say, I got to go after God. You don't treat God like he's some cosmic Santa Claus in the sky and sit on his lap once a year and demand your request. Are you all here this morning? That's how some people treat God. I need this, I need that, or I want this and I want that. Like he's Santa Claus. Everybody say this. Say, all I need is the blessing. And this blessing is from the Lord. And the Bible says, it makes rich. That means well supplied. In other words, abundantly and sufficiency, sufficiently supplied for. Every need you have, God's already taken care of. To the point where I want to say this right now. God is not enough. He's just not. God is not enough. He's way too much. Your God's name is El Shaddai. And El Shaddai happens to be my El Shaddad, who ain't no El Cheapo. Somebody say amen. God is more than enough. He'll supply all your needs. He's there. Come on. He's already, 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 already created a way where there seems to be no way. This God will make you rich and add no sorrow with it. God will open doors that no man can close. God will make a way, a road in the wilderness where there seems to be no way. Is anybody ready for the way maker in the house? Shout it ain't over yet. God is never just enough. He's always way too much. Jacob couldn't live without it. He couldn't live without the blessing. And because he was the second born of a twin, they were twins, he and Esau, and, and the Bible says they wrestled with each, with each other, two nations in their womb, of the womb of their mother. And, 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 and Jacob was about to come out, and Esau grabbed his heel and shoved him back in and said, not you, me. And Esau came out, and he was hairy, the Bible said. A little hairy kid came out, praise God. I would have said, put it back, put it back. 
he came out, and, uh, and then Jacob came out. And so the firstborn male was the one who got the blessing. He's the one that gets the blessing and the birthright. And so Jacob obviously didn't think this was too fair. And even the mother said, let me tell you something. You're supposed to have the blessing. And so the Bible says they, can, they, they begin to uh, conspire, and they went, and they, 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 they tricked the father, uh, Isaac, who was dim in his, uh, his sight, and, and they, they, put, they put hair on his body, a goat, goat hair, all over his body. They just wrapped it around his arms and stuff and put it on his chest and, because he was like a mama's boy. He had no hair in his body. And so, and so <laughs> he, he went in there and said, hello, Father, uh, this is Esau. You know, he had to lower his voice. And he walked in there and uh, he says, is that you, my son? It, it doesn't sound like you, but it, it sure does smell like you. Because Esau was a hunter, and so he was out in the field a lot, and he was hairy. Let me feel you. And he grabbed his arms. And, yeah, that's my boy. He's hairy as a goat. That's, that's my boy. And, uh, and so he said, I need your blessing, Father. And so he blessed the son. And then there was a time where Esau comes out of the field, and, and he's, he's hungry. He, hadn't, he had no catch. Uh, he, his, his hunting expedition went bad, and so he was starving. He'd been out there for days, and so, you know, here's Jacob. He's a good cook, you know. He's a mama's boy. He's in the kitchen. And so he's a good cook, and he's making up this, this stew. And, um, and, he, and, and, and here comes Esau. He can smell it. And he sits down and goes, he says, man, give me, some, give me some of the food. He goes, no, this is my food. I made this for me. He give me some of this food. He said, I tell you what, you give me the birthright, and I'll give you a pot of the, of the stew. You can have it all if you want. He said, I tell you what, it's yours, and gives him the birthright. You see, sometimes you've got to recognize and understand that if you're not willing to hold on to what God gives you, Oh, uh, y'all didn't hear that. God may give it to somebody else. So he said, here it is, and it gives him the birthright. So now he's got the birthright, and he's got the father's blessing. But then, of course, Esau found out about it, and, and, and he chased him, and, and there's a whole story that goes with that. But, but church, here's what I want you to get. The blessing was so important to Jacob that he stole it. So important that he didn't care about the morals of it. I got to have the blessing. Why? Because he knew if he could just get the blessing, the blessings would follow him. He knew he wasn't in the rightful place, but he knew if I could just get in the right place, if I could just be there, God's blessing would come upon me and I can have what I say or I can have what I want. There's a thing here called the blessing and it's the empowerment of God that we activate. We must activate it. How? With our faith. Everybody say, I've got to have faith. Again, the Bible says that the blessing makes one rich, well supplied. The Jerusalem translation says the blessing of Yahweh is what brings riches, and, and this hard toil has nothing to add. So in other words, God said, I'm not about the hard toil. When I give you the blessing, I'm going to get you well supplied. You're going to be taking care of all your life. The hard toil is not of my spirit. Well, if I can just get a second job, I'll take care of my bills. That is not the will of God. Now, I'm not saying you don't do what you got to do for a season while you're building your faith. But along the way, get your faith out there and say, that second job is taking away from my wife. It's taking away from my children. At some point, it's going to cost me more than what I'm taking in. And so what God said, I don't want you to have hard toil all your life. God's preparing a plan. Matter of fact, no, 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 I said that wrong. God has already... He's Jehovah Jireh. His provision shall be seen. It's already been prepared. You just have to have eyes to see it. Come on, church. Am I preaching okay this morning? 
So he said, this hard toil, it is nothing to add. I'm not about this. Because some people say, well, God, what I'm going through right now, this hard time in my life, you know, God brought this on me. That's not God. He didn't bring you the hard time. God didn't put that sickness on your body to teach you some sort of perverted lesson. That's not our God. I learned this a long time ago. God can't give you what God ain't got. And God ain't sick and God don't have disease and therefore he can't give it to you. Oh, you can learn. You can grow. You can be better as a result of it. Yes, God will even test, show, show for the test and you'll be able to pass the test. But not God did not bring that to you. He says, I make you rich and I add no sorrow. Well, sickness and disease and poverty, come on, y'all, that adds sorrow. And so God said, there's a better way here. So what is the blessing if we've got it? What is it? It's a God-given divine favor. Of, I should say it this way. It's a God-given divine flow of favor that removes the curse, removes sickness, removes poverty, and removes struggle. It's an anointing. What's an anointing? It is an empowerment from God that God gives you. Anointment means to, uh, it means to smear, to take the oil. And so they would take the oil and they would smear it upon the sheep after it's been sheared. So the bugs, when it bites, it won't be able to bite through the oil. It won't bother them so much. And so it's the same thing that God begins to smear his presence. He begins to smear his empowerment upon you that wherever you go, you're enamored. Wherever you go, you can't help yourself. The blessing is just on you. No matter what you do no matter where you go but where you go but here's the problem here's the dilemma we don't believe that and so he could not do many mighty works because of their unbelief at some point you got to believe what God says the blessing is on you say it with me the blessing is on me wherever I go that's the truth the anointing the empowerment Isaiah 61 1 which is our our, our purpose, it's our vision here at the church, it's our mission. It says this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He's anointed me, come on, he's, he's done what? Empowered me to do what? The first thing, preach the gospel to the poor. I noticed that when God called my wife and I, first of all, he did not call us to San Diego. He didn't call us the Silicon Valley. He called us the good old Milwaukee, USA. Blue-collar people. Come on, y'all. Nothing wrong with that. I come from blue-collar myself, so that's all right. I can relate. But he didn't call me where the money was. I got friends. Where are my friends? Uh, they're in Florida somewhere. What are they, uh, what's that place they're at? Palm Springs. Wouldn't you like to be called the Palm Springs? Somebody never been there before. You already know. It just sounds right. Just sounds Palm Spring. That's where they got yachts, y'all. Come on, somebody. And they got wealthy people to do big things, right? Big plan. It would sound great. But he didn't call my wife and I to Palm Springs. He called us to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I'll add something to that. He didn't, he did not call us to the west side. He did not call us to the east side. He didn't call us to the suburbs. He called us to the south side. Hallelujah. Where you got to use your faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. Am I right about it? South side and the north side of Milwaukee, if you know anything about it, is where God really needs the blessing to flow. And so why? Because he's anointed us to preach the gospel to the, those who need it most. What is the gospel? What does the gospel mean? It's the 
Good news. What's good news to people that are impoverished? You ain't got to be poor no more. Am I right about it? So we've seen over the last 21 years, two decades already in this church, we've seen people come out of poverty. Just ran into a wonderful lady that's a member of our church. I hadn't seen her in a little while because of this COVID stuff going on. Ran into her out in the public, and she's, oh, my God, came over to us. And Bill and Janet and I were sitting down. We were having a little conversation, a little cup of coffee, and it was a beautiful night out. And ran right into them, and, 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 and here we were all together. And she said, i got to tell you, I mean, ever since I came to Faith Post, I had nothing. I mean, I had less than nothing. I was in such, I was so backed up and reared and payments, all kinds of stuff. She goes, well, you started teaching me about faith. You started, we're called faith builders, y'all. Teaching me about faith and putting my trust in the word of God and how to give my tithe and offering. She said, Lord, I don't know that I can do that, but you know what? She found a way. Come on, somebody. When you, when you get radical with God, you just do what God asks you to do. And she takes her tithe on, and she said, I started doing it. She said, I'm going to tell you something right now. I am over in Brookfield working in a brand a company in a brand new position. I am the head of the office. I went from having nothing at all, being out in the street, and now I am the head of a major corporation in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Somebody ought to give God a praise. I don't make this up. What did I come to do? Preach the gospel to the poor. The good news that God will make you rich and add no sorrow with it. The blessing is really the power to produce. It's like a when the blessing comes on you, it's like a production company. You begin to produce. Genesis 1, let's go over there real quick. 1 verse 26, you're very familiar with this scripture, especially around here. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and everything that creeps upon the earth. So God made man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male, female. He created them. Then God blessed them. Hachoo, God bless you. That's how we think about the blessing. Hachoo, God bless you. That's not the blessing. Those are just words. Something else is going on here. you got to have a deeper research. Then God blessed them. Nobody sneezed here. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over everything. All right, so first of all, it says that God created man in his likeness and in his image. We look like him, we function like him. Simply put, God reproduced himself on planet earth to rule and reign on earth like he rules and reign in heaven. Only one entity that's over us in all the world, and that is the Father. Amen. So he made us like himself to have dominion and authority over the earth, not over one another. We don't subjugate each other. Mm. No, no, no. No, that's, 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 that's the devil's way. That's man's way. But God wanted you to have, you want to have authority. He said, I want to give you a dominion over all the circumstances and over the beasts of the field, everything else. But here's the deal. God doesn't share in his glory. Nope. He's God alone. He made you like him, but not him. So he don't share in his glory, but he does share in his responsibilities. And so he made you responsible in your life. And there's some prayers, I ain't got time to get all this right now, but there's some prayers we're praying that just are not biblical or spiritual because we're praying God fix this and God fix that and God do this and God do that. And he said, I'm going to anoint you. I'm going to bless you. 
And when you lay hands upon the sick, when you lay hands, when you lay hands upon the sick, they shall recover. When you preach the gospel, you deliver them out of their poverty and they'll come to know the Savior, Jesus Christ. When you uh, say, devil, get out of that person, the devil's got to obey you and bow because of the authority of me that's in you. Are you flowing with me so far? So then God blessed them and said to them, church, by the way, he wasn't just communicating here. He was passing on his power. It was an endowment of power. And then he says, be fruitful and multiply. He empowered them to do it. Replenish the earth and subdue it. So whatever God, y'all got just a few more minutes. Whatever God tells you to do, it may look like you cannot do it, but he doesn't ask you to do something. He doesn't empower you to manifest. The same blessing that God had in order to create all things, God transferred that into Adam, thus transferred it into mankind. Though Adam lost it in the garden, Jesus picked it back up on the cross. And now those who are in faith in Christ receive the blessing of God to recreate anything that's gone awry or wrong in their life. Did you notice that the blessing was attached to an assignment? God blessed them and then said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over everything that's on the earth. So God never gives you a blessing without attaching an assignment. I'm preaching pretty good right now. Isaiah 61, we continue. Verse 3 says, and by the way, again, this is our vision, our mission. This is what we are as a church. We're to console those who mourn in Zion. That's the church. To give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We have a responsibility, that an assignment, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities. This is big stuff now. This is big. We're going to repair ruined cities the desolations of many generations. God spoke to me that we're not, and you heard me say this before, we're not here just to build a church. We have to have the church because from the church comes the life, you know, the connection, it, it's the accountability, it's the, it's the power connection, right? Got to have the church. But it's more than that. We're here to take a city. So now we got to go beyond just trying to build our church and grow our church what God told me in these last days it will not be about church growth it will be about church reach because church growth makes the pastor prideful talk to David he started counting numbers and then a plague came but now then God says I want you off all that what I want you to do is start reaching the people with the assignment that I've given you that's where the success is so now we got to start talking north side. We got to start talking west side. We got to start talking east side. And we got to start talking Wisconsin, the whole state. And now we got to start talking the whole wide world. So God said that we are to replenish the earth. Now back with you. Replenish the earth. That means, that means to stock with abundance, to recover to form a fullness, and to perpetually renew and supply. You've been blessed by God with a power. It's an anointing you carry everywhere you go 
that when you operate in faith, in other words, I trust God, I trust his word above all else, that whatever gets used up, whatever is, um, whatever has been uh, taken from you, everything that has been diminished, I don't know how else to say this, you have an anointing to restock it, to put it back, and to resupply it. Am I right about this? That's the blessing. Therefore, if that's the truth, why do I wake up or go to bed at night full of fear that my knees will not be met by God? Filled with fear because I don't think I'm going to have enough for the end of the month. Filled with fear that if another wave of coronavirus comes in, all the food's going to be off the shelves, so I better start storing it, and, and nothing wrong with storing but you know, we get in a place of fear, and we're hoarding everything. There's somebody in Milwaukee that's got all my toilet paper. We're going to find you in the name of Jesus. I had to use the rough stuff the other week. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Why? Fear, man. Fear of not enough. Fear of running out. But my Bible tells me that the blessing comes upon me and my cup begins to run over. Come on. My God is more than enough. Everybody shout, it ain't over yet. The Spirit of God is able to resupply. What, is, what has been evidently depleted, no matter what it looks like in the natural, God can restock, resupply through the blessing that's on your life. He said the same spirit, the New Testament says the same spirit that was in Christ, that raised Christ from the dead, is where? Can I say it one more time? Are you going to get this time? You're going to really get it this time? The same spirit that was in Christ who raised Christ from the is where? You've got resurrection. I'll say that. Resurrection. Resurrection. Resupply. Restock. Anointing inside of you even if it's dead God can bring it back to life again Genesis chapter 2 and the Lord God formed man verse 7 formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living creating speaking spirit that's what that means living creating speaking spirit the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let me ask you, how did God get things to grow in a garden where there is no rain? The Bible specifically says there was no rain. Not in that chapter, but it's there. It's in your Bible. There was no rain. There was no such thing as rain till Noah. Y'all don't even get it. When God told Noah, make an ark, 
His response was, what's an ark? A boat. For what? Well, it's going to rain. What's a rain? There was no rain. The Bible says that the ground was watered, the dew of the ground was watered, but there was no rain. How did God get that to take place? By the way, how did Isaac get a harvest? Not just a harvest, but an abundant, well-supplied, hundredfold harvest. Come on, y'all. With no rain, there was a drought in the land with no help because everybody left to go down to Egypt. How do you, the Bible says he obeyed God and he sowed his seed anyway. No matter what it looks like, you just go ahead and sow your seed anyway. Because a seed will bring forth a harvest. I see Mel was up here and she sings on a on praise team. Which one's Mel? The shortest one on the team? But jumps the highest. Praise God. She is spunky, full of fire. And she just announced that she's pregnant. Hallelujah. She didn't have a baby. I think, if memory serves me, I prophesied over you two and said expansion was coming. Get ready. You're going to have another child. Well, okay, now watch it. Now watch it. So I, I pro- I'm not bragging to myself, even though it sounds like it. I tell my leaders all the time, I tell them, ain't I a great guy? I do everything perfect, don't I? Everything's perfect. When I preach, everything I do is right. So, <clears throat> now watch this. Did they sit back and go, man, one day, God, he gave us the word. One day it's going to happen. Honey, you're going to be pregnant. She said, yeah, baby, one day I'm going to be pregnant. It's going to happen. And every day get up so excited about it. It's going to happen one day because I got a word from God. I got a promise from God. No, no. Alex, hallelujah. Y'all okay? I'm going to say it. Like kids in the room, so I'm going to say it a certain way. So you understand, Alex, praise God, had to go to work. Now, I'm just going to say it that way. And the blessing of the Lord made rich and added no sorrow with it. He had to sow a seed. It's not enough. Get the picture. That's why a baby's on its way. It's not enough to sit back and go, God's going to do it one day. You got to do your part. And the blessing is on you. So that's what Isaac did. How did the tree grow in the garden and flourish? How did Isaac get a hundredfold and it flourish? How does your business flourish when the economy is down? The blessing. How does your ministry grow in a pandemic? The blessing. How does your spouse become the most meaningful person in your life when everybody else's marriage is falling like a house of cards? The blessing. How do your children raise up and call you blessed when you've had fight after fight with them over and over? It's called the blessing. The blessing makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. By the way, God has given us authority and control but we can't do it without the blessing. I call, God said, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death. What else? Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose, hint, hint, that both you and your descendants may live, in those translations, forever. In other words, God's saying, 
you're going to have to deal with it. Because the curse is coming at you every single day. But you don't have to put up with it. You can make a decision to walk by faith and not by sight or sense knowledge. And you can activate the blessing and the you can activate the blessing till the blessings come to you. How do you bless and how do you curse? Jesus was talking about this and said, for out of the mouth proceeds both blessing and cursing. So your mouth activates blessing or cursing. So what's that tell me? You better watch your mouth. Because when the pressure's on, you're going to want to say the wrong thing. And now you've negated the harvest or the blessing that God wants to give you. So when God made the garden, he didn't have to wait for the physical elements to line up. And then produce rain for it to flourish. He does, he does what? He speaks. And the blessing does the rest. It's an empowerment. It's an anointing that begins to do the rest. So if that's true, then why, if we're made in his image and likeness, why are we waiting for everything to line up in our lives before we step out and do what God's called us to do? I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I got five amens and two Holy Ghost grunts. Hallelujah. <laughs> How did Jesus deal with the fig tree? He spoke. He did exactly what his father did. He managed the earth through words. By the way, Jesus said, the things that I do, you do also. Verse, uh, chapter 12 of Matthew says this in verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. You can do that. For a tree is known by its fruit. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Got to watch your mouth. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the good evil of his heart brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they give account for it on the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. That's the power of words. Words got you saved. The heart believes in the righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It exposes the heart. Your words exposes the heart. The heart is where faith and doubt lies. There's a choice in there. I can either go with doubt or I can go with faith. What am I going to do here? Church, the blessing is waiting on your words. And I got people in my church that have been in this ministry forever and a day, and I still hear how you talk. Well, this is just killing me. How many times I got to tell you, quit saying that stuff. And you wonder why you can't get healed. You're dying. What do you mean I'm dying? You keep saying it. It's killing me. You'll have what you say. I'm almost done. Deuteronomy 11:25. No man, no man shall stand, be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put dread, the dread of you. And fear of you upon all the land where you tread. The devil is going to be afraid of you. Just as he said to you, behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. No man can get in your way. That's why you don't fear man. Man is not your problem. I'm going to go further. The devil is not your problem. We have a ministry called the Watchers, and their job is to pray prophetically and, and, and try to understand what the enemy is trying to do strategically against the ministry. Yes, yes. And we've been extremely effective, extremely effective. Confirmation comes, and we begin to get strategic. Yes. 
But we do not pray like the devil's got power. All we can do is hinder. But we've made up our mind, we don't even want him hindering us. So man's not my problem. The devil's not my problem. Who's my problem? Me, myself, and I. My big fat mouth. Because the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you, you shall judge. And it's time for the people of God to get bold, and when they start feeling spiritual witchcraft and curse words and incantations and demonic stuff happen around them, stand up, be flat-footed, tell the devil to go to hell and begin to speak the word of God and say, no weapon, devil, will prosper in my house. 